Welcome to the Well-Designed Podcast. I'm your host, Brandy Healy, and together with my friend and co-host, Kyle Wood, we'll share how we're integrating human design into our own lives. We're both entrepreneurs in the wellness space, navigating running our own businesses while being present in our personal lives, all without burning out in the process. In this episode, we'll include plenty of practical tools to get you unstuck and feel more in flow. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Well Designed Podcast. I'm Kyle Wood, and with me is my co-host. This is where you can jump in, Brandy. Oh, <laughs> my cue. I mean, yeah. I would make a terrible actor. I'm Brandy Healy. <laughs> awesome. Welcome. All right. So today we're talking about something we thought before we start diving into sharing with you the ins and outs of human design and how you can use it in your career, in your business, we thought we should actually talk about where should you start? Because, you know, if you look up your human design chart, <laughs> it can be pretty overwhelming. You'll get this like list of all the, you know, text of all the different things you are. And then you get this like funny looking chart with like triangles and squares and diamonds numbers and lines and, and numbers. Lies. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. What do I do with this information? So hopefully today we can like point you in the right direction. That's our goal. So how I I actually, oh, I was going to say, I actually did a poll in my Instagram stories the other day about like with people of what did you think the first time you looked up your chart? And it was like, did you feel deeply seen? Did you feel like it didn't resonate? Were you like overwhelmed? And, you know, I was actually shocked because a lot of people said that they felt deeply seen. And I was like, that's not how I felt. I felt very overwhelmed <laughs> the first time I looked at the chart. <laughs> so, you know, if you are one of those people that like me saw that and felt like it was a lot going on, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So there's a few ways we could take this. Should we try and do this in a bit of like a process where it's like, here's how to even look up your chart and then here's what to look at first, or should we just sort of have a bit of a discussion? I've got some notes here. What do you think, Brandy? I think we should just chat. Should just so chat. I think, yeah, I think when you look up your chart, I think the easiest thing I think is you view the chart itself and there's not really explanation to what it means mm, <laughs> on no. most charts, right? So you drop down to kind of the list of texts and that would vary. But generally on most chart generators, there is going to be information that, that's provided to you that you could do a lot with without even looking at the body graph. So the body graph is all the shapes, lines, numbers. Yep. And I think that there's just some of the text descriptions of your chart that can be incredibly useful to start with. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, the way I sort of came at it when I had a good think about this, I was like, I think the most useful thing to do is to ask yourself, like, what, what do I want to get out of this? Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, just information for the sake of information you can, Look up your chart, Google it. You'll find, you know, an article or a blog post somewhere that will describe it. 
and then you can read it and then, you know, move on with your life and forget about it and <laughs> not, <laughs> not really actually get anything out of it. So I think mm-hmm. I like the idea of yeah, using human design as a tool. So in that case, I think we're starting with a question of like, what are you struggling with right now? Because then you, there's a specific part or aspect of your your human design that you can look at that will be able to give you some tools to help you navigate that. So that's mm. kind of the approach I took with it. And then that's a good way to start practicing because, yeah, it's not with human design, we've found that it's not enough to just know it. You do have to kind of, there is a reflection process that's involved and this is something I do with with the coaches and professionals who I work with is, you know, there's lots of reflection work. We learn about stuff, but then it's like, all right, how's this actually showing up for you? Where can you tweak things to, you know, find more flow or whatever it is they're dealing with right now? I love that. Yeah. So should we go through, I wrote down like some different common problems people have and then like yes, we can chat about that part of the chat. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, for you, I'm curious, what was it that you were kind of looking for answers when you looked at your own chart for the first time? Good question. I I mean, I'm probably the exception to the rule because I just like geeking out on this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I was like, oh, yes, this will be good. Then I just did the thing of like, oh, I'll read about my type and then, and then, okay. Same. (laughs) So for me, probably like a big part of it was when, I learned about the centers because I was able to look at my chart and my wife's chart and see, and we talked a bit about this last week when you, or last episode when you were in talking, doing a reading on me, but mm-hmm. I was able to see like with my wife, I was like, oh, she's defined there. I'm undefined. That makes sense why, why we clash here or why we have really different like innate approaches to this. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that appreciation of of the difference between us, that was probably the first time I was really like, oh, this is something I'm going to actually start by trying to practice, you know, which which was just in the way that we communicated. So it's like even just starting there, like if you're looking for it as a tool to support your relationships, yeah, looking at your centers is a great place to start. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, personal partnership or a professional partnership, like those, yeah. it, it's huge. Any, anyone that you're spending a significant amount of time with, it's yeah. it's so useful to look at that. And that, that's such a good example. Yeah, and the great stuff about just needing that date of birth as well as if you've got a client or something that, <laughs> that you know, you just struggle with a bit, you could also look up theirs and see how your chart. So pull up both charts side by side. So what we're looking for with this is we're looking at which centers are colored in and which centers are white or clear. And then we're comparing our chart to the other person's chart and to see where, where they're different. So where one is colored in and one is not. And so that's just an area of where the person with the colored in shape or which is a center, they're going to have more influence over the person with the open or undefined center, which is like not colored in. 
So yeah, so you can see then very quickly <laughs> why in relationships, one person can be like, why don't you do it this way? Why do you always do it this, this other way? <laughs> or why will they, why are you always talking? And, and I don't feel the need to say much, or why don't you talk enough when I, you know, why don't you meet me here? And it's just, we're different. So that's something you could also Google. You could go online, find that center that's different with the person find out what that center is called and then just look it up and look up what's, what's the different characteristics of someone who has that colored in and someone who has that white or clear. Yeah. Such a good one. Is that a good advice? So I did have that yeah. down here. I had that down under personal conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> it could also be a great place to look at if you're have a relationship that feels really good and to really mm. understand like, why does this relationship feel really good? Because even if you have the centers that are defined, undefined, you know, they're different from one another, you've probably found a way to navigate and honor those differences. So mm. it's like, you know, you can lean more into that and kind of have language to speak to why parts of your relationship work, which can also be really supportive. Yeah. 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 And, and at the same time, you'll then inadvertently start learning more about your design through this as well. You'll learn like where you have the capacity for a lot of empathy and understanding and where you're more, how would you describe it for someone who has defined center? How, how do you like to describe Consistent. Consistent. Yeah. It yeah, it's just there's more consistency in the way that you show up in specific areas of your life when you have centers defined. And I think, you know, the easiest example is the sacral center, right? For our generators and manifesting generators, that's kind of your your ability to kind of your to get things done and like mm. your kind of your your passion. So when we talk about that consistent energy that generators and manifesting generators have, I think you know, that's 70% of people. So I think that that's kind of the easiest center to kind of differentiate between the two, but that's, you know, a really kind of good example of like, it's consistent, right? Yeah. You generate consistently from that center. And for, you know, the rest of us, depending on what we have um, in our chart, those defined centers will dictate to, you know, where we have that consistency. And for our reflectors, that just means that there's a lot more fluid fluidity in your design and mm. the way that you kind of operate and show up. That was a good, good description. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So another thing I had down was what if you're, you're coming across human design around the time you've got a big decision to make? So maybe it's, again, maybe it's a relationship decision. Maybe it's changing your career or something. You know, actually I'm working with a couple of people. Looks like one's going through a relationship decision. One's going through, you know, the, a career change that's out of their control. So they're, they're trying to work out like what to do next. So what part of our chart would be the most helpful with that? You don't have my notes. But yeah. <laughs> is this a quiz? <laughs> yeah. This is the human design. Human design quiz. Uh, yeah, our authority. Sometimes called out inner authority. So what what does our authority help us with? It just our 
our authority helps us make decisions that are in alignment with our design. So there are seven different authority types. And I think, you know, the easiest way to kind of like bucket them is there are some people that are meant to make decisions in the moment. And there mm -hmm. are other people that are in other people that are intended to kind of wait before they make these larger decisions, like you mentioned, entering or exiting relationships or moving cities, changing jobs. I think that there can be kind of other filters when it comes to smaller day-to-day -day decisions where it's like, you know, you might not need to wait for clarity or our reflectors wait a lunar cycle to do, yeah. you know, to figure out what to eat for dinner. However, when you understand your authority, it can really help you support yourself as you enter into some of these bigger decisions. So, yeah. you know, you and I have very different authorities. So, you know, you're a, a splenic or tune into your intuition, which is an in the moment decision maker. And mine is that emotional or wait for clarity. So for me, it's best when it comes to even like, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, like, especially when it comes to social commitments, I really have to like take that beat and say like, oh, that sounds super fun. Like, can I get back to you and make yeah. sure that I feel, you know, really clear that I'm not making that choice from an emotional high or low before I enter into that. And I think regardless of what your authority is, having that knowledge for yourself and also for the people that are close to you really helps take out some of that frustration sometimes that mm -hmm. can come with decision making. So like for you being, you know, meant to make those decisions in the moment, how has that changed the way that you make choices now? I think I had always done this, but luckily for big stuff, <laughs> but I did waste a lot of energy probably on the smaller stuff, trying to work everything out in my head and not sort of getting in touch with my inner authority and seeing what that said first. So that's probably, it's just taken when I remember to use it, cause you know, like this stuff is hard to remember sometimes mm -hmm. um, when I remember to use it, it's, it's a relief because it can spend so much mental energy trying to come up with ideas and uh, of, of what I should be doing next or how to handle a certain situation. So yeah, that's probably big thing for me. Like yep. my, my partner also is an in the moment decision maker. He's a trust your gut. So for me, when I see him kind of dragging out a decision, like I know I can support him by saying like, do you want to do it? Yes or no. Or yeah, yeah. giving him like those choices of like this or that. And it's yeah. like, then I know I can get, you know, a response from him rather quickly and kind of help clear things up because yeah. You know, the reality is, is most of us are not meant to make decisions from logic. No. And they're either body-based, intuition-based, or, you know, they're process-based. So when you can really understand that, it's like you allow that kind of mind chatter that happens when it comes to decision-making, you know, not to get as lost in it when, when we're at our best, right? It doesn't always work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's hard, right? Because we're being conditioned that especially around a big decision, you need to have thought about it a lot. And if you're, you know, we think of the kind of 
stereotypical person who makes decisions in the moment, large decisions at the moment, they can be seen as, you know, kind of wish-washy or, you know, like unreliable. Thoughtless. Yeah, exactly, because they haven't weighed everything up. But then as I say that out loud, I think of like the, you know, I know some coaches who work with pretty high like executive leaders on, on big companies and those people have to make decisions really quickly and a lot of them are very successful in their jobs not because they spend a lot of time thinking about things but because they're able to make good decisions really quickly probably you know unconsciously using their you know, tapping into whatever they're in yeah. yeah absolutely i think on the flip side of that you know when you think about people that do need to wait to make mm. clear decisions for themselves there can be a lot of conditioning around that that people are pressuring you and i know i've yes. heard this from like reflector clients especially because you know they have that you know for really big decisions if they can give themselves a month that's ideal and i know a lot of them that I've spoken to, like, just felt like a huge relief. They were like, I always thought something was wrong with me. <laughs> like, why couldn't I do this? And now I just understand that, like, that's part of my process. And again, like, although that full 20 days might not always be feasible, but I know that if I take my time to feel into this, to talk about it with people that I really trust in places that feel really good, then I can get to that place and feel comfortable entering into that without feeling rushed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's it. Especially on those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Especially with today, today of like, you know, messages and stuff like that, where people are expecting you. I like, I hate that. I have an instant authority and I hate people messaging me out of the blue, you know, asking me to commit to things because <laughs> like sometimes, you know, I mean, this probably is because it's like, I'm, I am dragging, but that is actually something I'm trying to work on now is normally I would put that off and then it would be like hanging over me. So now when someone does message me, I think it's like, well, no, I need to get back to, I am going to get back to them quickly just to remove that from my mind. So I'm not carrying that around. And so I don't know why I haven't been using my inner authority for those kind of decisions, but I'm definitely going to, <laughs> definitely going to In the experiment. moment, epiphany here, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Like, you know, I've been doing this for a while now and it's there's still aspects where just you're so ingrained in doing something the same way that you... Well, it's a, it's a, you know, like you mentioned, this is a tool and just like with any tool, it's a practice, right? The more mm -hmm. you practice these skills, the more comfortable you become with them. And I think over time, you start to realize that there are probably more places that you can use this tool than you initially yeah. Yeah. started, right? Now you yeah. just feel more comfortable using it. And, you know, I love that example of like, not letting those decisions take up mental space when you know that they're not meant to, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure having some of those smaller decisions hang over your head, probably are pretty draining. And being yeah. a projector, it's like you're built for efficiency. So it's not really efficient to let mm -hmm. those hang out mm -hmm. <laughs> and drain you. True, true. All right, well, let, let's talk about that now because the other thing, especially working for yourself, probably working with business owners, probably the biggest thing that comes up when it's like actually the needing, wanting to work on their business. It's not 
always that they lack the information it's that they're struggling with like motivation and energy so if that's me what part of my chart is going to be the most helpful your type yeah and you yeah. know we we touched we touched on that you know a bit already speaking about you know those generators and manifesting generators that have that really consistent energy that takes place throughout the day as long as they are investing their energy on things that they're lit up by and that they feel deeply satisfied by. So, you know, for those manifesting generators and generators, if you're feeling frustrated in your work, really looking at, you know, where in my day, you know, what are the activities or tasks that are on my plate that are making me feel that way? And are there ways for me to either kind of change the way I approach that so that they feel a little bit more satisfying or those things that I can, you know, delegate or maybe even just eliminate if that's the case? Yeah. Yeah. If I ever chat to a generator or manifesting generator is talking about like working out at 10 o'clock at night or, you know, cleaning the house or something. I'm usually like, hmm, how are you using your energy during the day? Because <laughs> it mm-hmm. sounds like maybe you're not you get it out. using it up yeah, in ways that are like satisfying. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like if you're struggling with motivation and you're like, oh, I'm a generator, like I've got lots of energy. It's, yeah, it's probably just that thing of the type of things using your energy on are not in alignment. Well, and I think that it can be helpful as well to think about things that maybe like you don't necessarily love. So like (laughs) I had a client that was sharing about their partner was also a generator and they wanted to do an activity together. And the client was Mm. just like, I don't really love the idea of doing this activity. It doesn't really light me up. And I was like, can you reframe it and say by doing this activity with my partner, I, that will make me feel deeply satisfied. And they were like, actually, yes. Like that would like that lighting my partner up and being, you know, spending that time together and like seeing how satisfying that is to my partner, how much that lights them up. They were like, I think that like, I can step away from doing a thing that maybe I don't necessarily love but with somebody that I obviously deeply care for, like, yes, I can see how that could feel deeply satisfying. So it's like cleaning the toilet might not light you up, but when <laughs> it's done, like, you yeah, know, I need a clean do, house. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Feeling really satisfied. Right. So, you know, some of these activities, are they going to light up your gut and feel super exciting? You know, no, not all of them, but like, can you reframe and think about, you know, like, can we fast forward the tape of it and say like, you know, can these things feel, feel satisfying? And if you, there are just a lot of things throughout the, your day that, that aren't exciting to you, as Kyle mentioned, like, where can you build those things in to use some of the, the that energy and in, re- in ways that feel really good? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I was just texting because the kids are running around. It probably sounds like an elephant's in the room with me right now, so I apologize. I was like, is somebody yelling? (laughs) (laughs) And this is the reality of working from home, as everyone now knows. Yeah, so, and then, you know, for us as projectors and whole loop manifestors and, and... they're reflectors. Sorry, Fran is just laughing now. 
I'm glad they're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, they sound like they're having a blast. Yeah, so for projectors and yeah, well, it manifests and reflectors in there. You know, this can be really helpful as well because it's the the cliche thing of like, why can't I keep up? Why can't I seem to do work as many hours as someone else? And one of the first PT studios I worked at, the owner was doing like 60 to 70 PT sessions a week. And <laughs> like, I was just like, how? How are you going from like five o'clock in the morning to like nine o'clock at night? with like just a few hours break here and there. And I mean, there was, a, there was quite obscene amounts of coffee being drunk too. <laughs> but then, you know, he was a marathon runner too. So then, you know, on his day off, he'd be running, you know, what, 30, in, I'm not gonna 23 miles. Like 34 kilometers. They 23 like miles. Yeah. So that's a full marathon, 23 miles. Yeah. 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 yeah so the long run, he'd probably do like 15, 15 miles for their training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it was just like how when when I was trying to work out how to do like twenty hours contact or less. Yeah. So yeah. So this can be really helpful too if you're like one of these non-energy types to see that like your gift is not in how many hours you work, but in like what you can achieve and your insight you can give in the times when you are working. So. I have I have one more question on the where to start with human design pop quiz. Are you ready? I'm ready. This one's I'm got, nervous. I'll give you a heads up. This one's got two answers. So where would I look at my chart if I feel like things aren't progressing for me? So maybe I've been in this business for a while. There's like new career and it's like just stuck, not getting new clients, like just not working out. Okay. So I actually came up with three answers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. This is fun. Okay. So <laughs> when you said stuck immediately, I think about definition. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that you could have, you know, there are four different types of definition and, you know, if you are independent, you know, often like you find a lot of wholeness in, you know, how you operate on your own, that doesn't mean that you can never operate <laughs> in group settings. But sometimes like if you find you're working in a group and you're feeling a bit stuck, stepping away and taking some time mm. on your own can help mm. you find clarity. Collaborative definitions like you and I, oftentimes if we get stuck and we're working alone, it can be really beneficial to work around others. And that doesn't mean to work necessarily to work with others. It can sometimes just mean like, going to like a coffee shop or, you know, a co-work space where there are just other people's energy around that could kind of activate different parts yeah. of your chart. Yeah, that's a good one. And then there's, you know, synthesizing and there's quads, but oh, there's five, sorry. And yeah, then we yeah. have our reflectors <laughs> that have, you know, that have none. So like knowing what that profile is or what your definition is, and then knowing okay, I'm feeling stuck right now. I have tools available to me to kind of get things going. And the fun one about, about the definition is like this works in partnerships as well. So even if you're collaborative, when you look at either your business partner or, you know, friendships or other partnerships in your life, you 
can create a new definition together. So understanding like, oh, in our relationship, we might have a collaborative split. We're feeling some tension in our relationship. It might be useful to get yourself out around other people and, you know, again, activate different parts of your collective chart there. Mm -hmm. So did I get that one right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't have definition down, but that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. And actually, yeah, I can I can speak to that with having a wide split. That yeah, if I'm trying to work on my own too much, you know, it's hard to run your own business. But definitely, things move better when I can find ways to collaborate or bring other people in, or yeah, at worst, just work in a cafe. Mm-hmm. So let's not go too deep into them but what were the other two things that that came up that are worth looking at if things are stuck i was thinking about profile yep and channels and channels okay yeah you're like that wasn't on your list (laughs) that wasn't on my list either as i was thinking about which i don't think is wrong and it's yeah it's just different areas so i was thinking about strategy and profile oh you're well, and I think the reason I went to channels is because you were talking about clients and I was like, oh, to market your gifts. So now uh, that you yeah, strategy, yeah. I was like, oh, obviously we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> Kyle is correct. I would not start with your channels. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have <laughs> channels on another... here. I was like, mm, yeah. let's no. Yeah. So I actually was like, I went far off the edge because yeah. I just got excited about marketing. That'll yeah. be another episode. But yeah. yes. So for profile, profile is how you manifest your unique purpose. And there are six different numbers. And knowing, you know, when you look at your chart, it'll look like a fraction. Yeah. And knowing what your profile is and what those numbers mean can be really useful um, yeah. to, you know, help help you understand how you work best. So like for myself, I'm a three, which is like I am meant to learn by doing. So oftentimes when I do feel stuck, like I know I just have to start. And it's okay if it's not perfect the first time, like it'll get me closer to where I want to be. And then Mm -hmm. the second part of my profile is that five, which is like a problem solver. So knowing that when I'm presented with problems, it's up to me to use my authority to know like, what is it that I want to solve? So that that's super useful. And oftentimes that one comes in a lot of times when I feel overwhelmed because it's like, Maybe there are too many problems to solve and a lot of them, I don't have the energy or desire to actually solve them. Yeah. So that's just one example there. That's a good one. So do you want to share about strategy? Yeah. So then strategy can be helpful because, you know, as a projector, I can look back very clearly and see all the times, like I was like, right, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make some shit happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my hustle boots on, and I'm gonna like we're just gonna do this. And then after like two days, I'm like in a ball on the ground crying. To You're myself. like fuck this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nothing's happened. Or you know, even in the times I did manage to sustain it longer, it's just like white just, knuckle. Just like and and just didn't resonate. Like didn't resonate with people. Didn't. So understanding my thing of like waiting for the invitation made so much sense. And again, I was able to look back and be like, oh, I can see those times when I was really invited in to situations or relationships and and I had the most impact and it felt like the easiest as well. So 
yeah, that's that's an area I'd look at if you're like stuck as well. Like what what is that and try and do some work to understand. Don't just read it and be like, oh, my thing is, you know, to wait for an invitation. Cause like with that, there are subtleties to it. So try and try and you know, read up or find some resources. We'll put out some future episodes on different aspects as well. But yeah, that would be an area to definitely look at too. So any more quiz questions? No, but I did think of one just from that. It's like, what should you not look at when you're just starting with human design? Like what should well, we just ignore? I think I already mentioned one channels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, channels, <laughs> which, you know, also is linked to like gates, sometimes called gene keys. Again, they're like advanced. I would only look at them. That's when you're starting to get into the weeds. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I that's think that just... that's like an excellent point. So some of these other things that we already talked about, type, strategy, authority, Typically, once you start experimenting with those and are finding a lot more flow and alignment, a lot more ease, the other parts of your chart just kind of naturally start to fall into place. And that's when, you know, you actually can start to live in alignment with like your channels and your channels are your gifts and like really use your gifts. I think another thing that I would probably stay away from is things like your environment and your cognition. So it's like people love to look at their charts and it's like, my environment is sure. Let's move to the beach. Their their eyes always like go to that bit, maybe because it like stands out. Kitchens. What? Kitchens? Like to paste? Do I need to move into yeah, yeah. paste? Or like, you know, some of these other ones, it's like cognition is like smell or it's like, yeah, what yeah. does hot digestion mean? Yeah, like yeah. some of the stuff is like, it's very nuanced. And again, it's once you start to really embody some of these bigger parts of your design, it's a lot easier to start to tinker with some of these like, you know, more nuanced bits. And because yeah. I don't know about you, I don't even like, I certainly can see how like my environment comes into play now, but like, that's not even something that like I was really thinking of, you know, three years ago. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's worth looking at. Sometimes it's called your personal health system, PHS, I think as well. Sometimes referred to, or your your variables or the, the mm-hmm. arrows. But yeah, again, that's an advanced thing. Don't get stuck there because even to use that properly, you need to be pretty comfortable with your strategy and your type and your authority too. So yeah, I would say don't look at that. Don't look at your incarnation cross. Like <laughs> yeah. That, that's like the final piece of the puzzle. And yeah. And then obviously you can look at your, we didn't really your planet signature and not self, but that'll come up when you look at your strategy anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. The planet's probably yeah, not as important no, no. <laughs> out of the gate. Those numbers downside. Yeah. Again, they're just like that fine tuning stuff just by like understanding you, you know, some of the stuff we talked about today, like your authority and your strategy and your type. And then if you want to look at centers when it comes to relationships, or if you want to look at your profile to sort of understand maybe how you work best, those are good places to start. And you're going to get so much bang for your buck 
out of that. And then, like I said at the start, it's helpful to to actually, you know, reflect to integrate this stuff, not just read about it. So that's where if you do have a problem in mind when you're approaching human design, it could be really helpful because it gives you kind of a practical place to get started. Yeah. And that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, I love that. I think a really good analogy, you know, for those of you that are in the fitness world is like, you know, as a yoga teacher, I oftentimes will got like students that are like, I really want to learn how to do a handstand. I'm like, amazing. Let's work on that plank. (laughs) Let's work on that plank. And so, you know, work on that plank and Uh like, you know, we'll, we'll take our time and we'll get there to build, build the muscles to be able to get into that handstand. Yep. Yep. And we're happy to to share more about these today. We kind of wanted to do this more like big picture thing because I think it is a useful step before you just start diving in. And also like you're listening to this, those of you listening to this, like if you have an aspect either that we covered today or something else with your human design that you'd like us to talk about more or go dive deeper into, like please reach out to us and uh, we can absolutely do a future episode on that. So fun. Fun. Yeah. All right. I think that was good. That was awesome. Thank you, Brandy. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. And we will we'll be in your earbuds or your ear holes. What's the other word for your, your ears? Your ear cavities. See, it just gets worse. <laughs> I think yours is fine. To, you'll be able to listen to us again. <laughs> Farewell. Bye. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast, Well Designed. If you really enjoyed this podcast episode, here are a couple of things you could do to help us out. One, you can share this with a friend or a colleague who you think could really benefit from what we've talked about. Two, if there's any way you can give us any love, can you rate the podcast? Can you give us a thumbs up? Whatever you can do, that just helps us reach more people. And finally, if you want to connect with us and stay in tune with us, make sure you subscribe in your app. We are at Well Designed HD on all the different social media platforms so you can find us there too. Thank you again and we'll be back soon with the next episode.